0: Hey, this is Heather Christine from The Uncensored Woman. I wanted to insert a trigger warning prior to getting started on today's episode. Today's episode will contain vivid details on addiction, use during addiction, domestic violence slash physical abuse, verbal and emotional abuse, etc. If this type of content bothers you or triggers you in any way, please do not proceed with today's episode. If you are in a physically or verbally abusive situation, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. If you or a loved one is battling addiction, feel free to call, contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. Both of these hotlines are available for help 24-7. There are people out there who care and love you and your life is worth it and it matters. Get help today. With all of this being said, we will now hop into today's episode. Hey guys, this is Heather Christine and welcome back to the uncensored woman. I am your host for this podcast. I hope all of you beautiful, amazing people are doing well today and this weekend. Sorry this is such a late upload, but I have to fit it in wherever possible because I do have children, as most of you know. Today we are starting my series, This Is My Story. This episode will obviously be one of many, and today's specific episode is titled, Daddy, why did you try to kill mommy? This episode is going to be a deep dive into the first big trauma of my life. With that being said, please take the trigger warning at the beginning of this episode seriously guys. We are going to be talking about such a serious topic and actually a few serious topics in today's episode. So please, please, please um take it seriously there will be a trigger warning at the beginning of all of the episodes within the series it is placed there for a reason and for your protection if you happen to need it please proceed with caution with all of that being said though before we hop into today's main segment please download the uncensored woman on whatever platform you're listening to me on And if you have iTunes, y'all know the drill, give this show a review. I always appreciate that, as well as I appreciate my day one slash loyal listeners so, so much. And, of course, my new listeners, you all make this show what it is. And without you guys, this show would be absolutely nothing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your continuing support. Also, I just did want to update you guys real quickly on, like, my last couple of episodes and let you all know how I am doing. Um, I'm actually okay. Uh, you know, I hit a hard time there. The beginning of this year was, like, really, really weird and I got hit with a lot of events. Um, most of you guys know this. One of my best friends of 20 years passed away. And then I was laid off from my dream job. And then the guy that I was seeing turned into a completely different guy. And things just got crazy. I got put on a different medication that was making me really, really sick. And it made me gain a lot of weight. And I think it just made my mental health so much more worse. And it was just a really trying time. And then I started talking to somebody else. And... I was talking about that actually last episode and you know, like I said, he's an amazing person. It it wasn't him. It's just really me. And what I figured out at the end of the day is I'm looking for a certain type of person and it's okay not to settle until you find what you want. I give whoever I'm talking about. To an abundance of attention and love and I expect it to be reciprocated. If I write you a whole paragraph, I want you to take time to read it, process it, and send me something back meaningful not a sim- sentence do not be argumentative you know I just want something like that reciprocated and as I've always said I know it exists but I am in such a better headspace um, I've been y'all be proud of me y'all be proud of me because I've been working out all week and actually I haven't just been working out once a day I've been working out a couple times a day and I got my day shift hours back and that always makes a girl happy because I have kids and And I have a life and who wants to work their nights away? You don't see anybody. I hate that. And so fortunately for me, I didn't have to take day shift hours and really lose any money. So that truly is such a win-win. And I am back to an employer that I love to death actually they were who I was with before I took this quote-unquote dream job and they treated me so good and they literally paid a few cents like cents as in pennies under what the dream job paid and they're they're close to me and so hindsight is 2020 looking back I'm just like why did I do that but uh, given the job that I took I think a lot of people would have went on the limb and tried it out but with me being lucky enough to go back to this old employer that actually said they were thrilled to have me back I got really extremely lucky and I will not be leaving again so yes I am so 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 happy with that but i wanted to update you guys on that because i'm not all down and out i am actually on the up and up and everything feels really good and i and i know it's only going to get better from here and yeah sometimes we i was talking about this on snapchat last night uh, because i had people take time out to tell me that they were proud of me for you know getting up and And actually doing something about like my weight and stuff like that instead of just complaining and, and, you know, people telling me to keep pushing and that helps, you know, that's motivation and I love it and I welcome it and I'm here to give it to whoever else needs it. But I actually, you know, was talking about on Snapchat. You know, sometimes we have to hit these really bad places in our life, and it it can be horrible. It was for me, and it's going to take you down to the bottom, but you can always find a purpose within it, and then that's when you say, I've had enough. And then you just climb back up that mountain and strive for the best. And and that's really what you have to do. But enough with that because we have a huge episode in front of us. Um, So let's go ahead and get started on today's episode. When I first came up with the ideal to start this series, it was honestly because I was in a bad headspace. Actually, I was in a bad headspace altogether. I felt as though I hadn't been as honest as I wanted to be with all of these podcast episodes or on my YouTube. Yes, I uncovered a lot of my dirt, but it was only still scratching the surface. So this series is about getting to know me on the deepest of levels possible. To understand the mind of an addict or a mind of someone suffering from such extreme insecurities, you need to know what led them there. This isn't another sugar-coated version of my story. It is the real, raw, and often uncomfortable truth of all of the traumas that I've dealt with. I did want to add that my addiction is my fault. It is 1 billion percent my fault, and I would never try and burden the blame on anyone else. There were so many other healthy avenues I could have utilized to cope with all of the shit I have been through in my life. But instead, I turned to prescription painkillers, a.k.a. my very best friend in the entire world, for a few years. You do need to know someone's full story to understand them, and this is mine. Addiction is often a symptom of a much bigger underlying mental health issue, or past trauma. And actually, I have this meme, or it's not really a meme, but this like picture shared in my phone. And I wanted to read it to you guys, because I find it important, it is meaningful. And I think it's everything you need to know about addiction and what leads there. Um, so it says cannabis isn't a gateway drug. Alcohol isn't a gateway drug. Nicotine isn't a gateway drug. Caffeine isn't a gateway drug. Trauma is the gateway. Childhood abuse is the gateway. Molestation is the gateway. Neglect is the gateway. Drug abuse. Violent behavior, hypersexuality, and self-harm are often symptoms, not the cause, of much bigger issues, and it almost always stems from a childhood filled with trauma, absent parents, and an abusive family. But most people are too busy laughing at the homeless and drug addicts to realize your own children, your own children, please take note of that, you guys could be in their shoes in 15 years, communicate, empathize, rehabilitate. And those are the most important things. And that is actually why I wanted to read that to you guys today, because I do find that important. And in my case, this is very, very true. Nothing could be further from the truth. There was nothing like smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol or anything like that, that led me down the road, I went down besides the trauma that I was trying to cover up and make myself feel better about. The more I began to realize this, and the more time I spent in therapy, the more clear the picture became for me. I had so many traumas in my life that I chose to bury with a smile, as so many of us do. I chose to instead act out in different ways to get releases. I've always had an obsession with food or working out. Sadly, those don't ever coincide. So either I'm eating too much and gaining weight, or I'm addicted to working out on an unhealthy level. I've tried retail therapy. In all of my relationships, I've suffered with hypersexuality. I get attached to people too easily. I definitely struggle with codependency. And then one day... I woke up and I was everything I swore I would never be. I was a full-blown addict and painful-ass withdrawals. I was also a mother, a worker, a student, etc. And my life started to fall apart. And that's when I thought, oh my God, Heather, you are your father's daughter. Now, if any of y'all have ever heard me speak on my father, you've probably only heard nothing but amazing things. That's because he was amazing. He was everything to me. I was daddy's little girl. But the truth is, he wasn't always that way. He busted his ass to get there. Before my daddy was father of the year, he truly was a monster. The reason I've never explained this is because my father has now passed away and I was extremely close to him. I never wanted to contem- to condemn him or paint him in bad lighting, you guys. But this is a part of my story, and it's a huge part to understand. My father was an addict himself. He liked things like alcohol, acid, and cocaine. And although he never hurt me or my sister when he went through this phase, we used to watch him get blackout drunk or high and beat his girlfriends. I would always try and protect my little sister, who is two years younger than me, from seeing it. When I would hear it happening, I would take her outside or hide her somewhere safe with me and just try and make her laugh. I played that mama role for her and never really dealt with shit myself. But before he was beating his girlfriends senselessly, senselessly. Sorry, you guys. He was beating his wife, aka my mom. And one day he pulled a gun on her. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Because this is the first big trauma in my life that I remember. My mom and dad fell in love, deeply, deeply in love at a very young age. As my mom always likes to tell it, one day, she was, I think, walking to a store, and she seen somebody, I think, cutting the cemetery grass that was close to her, and it just happened to be my father. She found him to be extremely handsome, which that is one thing I hear consistently about my father. I mean, you guys, this is kind of morbid. It especially to my sister and I, but even at his funeral, my dad literally looked like he was sleeping. And he had very long eyelashes, very thick hair, very seamless skin that really hadn't aged much. Like I remember people going up to his casket talking about how handsome he was. And I particularly remember this because it pissed me off because I was just like, I mean, yes, I'm flattered that you think my dad is handsome in real life, but my dad is laying there lifeless now. It's just a shell of him and I will never be able to speak to him again or hear real life stories. And I I just don't want to hear about this right now, but it's just one thing I've, I consistently heard about my dad, how handsome he was. He was a ladies man and my mom was no different from any other female that fell for my dad he had game. And my mom is a very beautiful woman and they connected. However, they say opposites attract. And that is 1000% the truth. Because my mother and father could not be more opposite from each other. My mom was like a goody goody. When I say she didn't really cuss, she didn't really cuss. She never even like, I I think she tried to smoke a cigarette once, but she like doesn't smoke weed, never did, doesn't drink, never did. She doesn't do any of that. Meanwhile, my dad's like this party guy. And right when you're younger, that's, you know, it's, it's, you just expect some people to be like that, but you think they're going to grow out of it. And so my mom didn't really like those things about him. But again, she figured he would grow out of it. And, you know, she just was in love with his personality. He was really sensitive to her feelings. He was really empathetic. He was hilarious. My dad was always life of the party. He could make anybody laugh. He was super, super hilarious, very caring. And um, he made my mom feel really special and really beautiful. And to be honest, he fell deeply in love with my mother, And once he got himself together and worked out his own demons, the sad part is, is my dad really never moved on. He would date on and off, but he never remarried or anything like that. Because I personally think that he was in love with my mom till the day that he died. And he would have did anything to get her back and try to work it out. But He messed it up big time, and my mom moved on, and she had every right to, and he also respected that and knew that. He did not try to gaslight her, make her feel bad about it or anything like that. He respected her. He respected my stepdad as much as he could, and, you know, that was that. But anyways, you know, they fell in love. Very, very young couple. They moved pretty fast together. They got engaged and got married, and then they got pregnant with me. In 1988, my mother delivered her first baby girl, and that was me, and I was born on May 27th, and my dad was so completely in love. Um, I wish I had my baby book in front of me because you guys and the message that he wrote me on that baby book, I always reflect to because my parents had tried for four years to get pregnant and, and my mom at first didn't think that she could have kids. And she had a lot of lot of issues in that department. And um, so they really just didn't think that they could have kids. And so when she was finally pregnant with me, it was such a blessing. And he was really, really happy to have me. And not only that, as I said, I was born on May 27th of 1988. And my dad's birthday is May 29th. And so they got to welcome me really for his birthday celebrations. And there's nothing else in this world he wanted more. And at this time, they were still really happy. My dad hadn't gone completely on the wild side yet. You know, he still did his little partying and chirping on acid on the weekends and stuff. But like, he wasn't doing anything violent at home. He it was more social still at this point. And you know, he would work. One thing I can always say about my dad is even in the midst of how horrible his addiction got my dad was a hard worker he always worked he was just one of those people he could drink all night and go go be productive at work that's just how he was he always had a job and I'll never take that from him but two years later they started having problems at the same time and this is 1990 my mother delivered my sister on July 14th of 1990. Um, And at that time, they were having a lot of issues and they were talking divorce. But of course, they wanted to try to work it out because they really were in love with each other. And I mean, that's just not the most opportune time to divorce when you've just had another daughter. But my mom specifically remembers having such post bad postpartum depression, um, because they just weren't in the right space in their marriage. She felt like she was all alone. My dad started to become verbally abusive. And you know, She spent a lot of years and she admitted this to me. She spent a lot of years giving my sister, like almost our entire lives, giving my sister much more positive reinforcement and positive attention than she gave me because she felt so bad for not really accepting my sister being here at first because of the problem she was having with my father. And so you know i i mean i try to understand that as best i can and you know postpartum depression is a real thing but you know she got through it and then they had their ups and downs but my dad just kept getting worse and the the verbal abuse you know, he would come home at night and tell her she wasn't worth shit. He'd call her a bitch. He'd throw stuff and break it. And he just was a very terrible person at this time. And I don't remember any of those things during that time. I was really young. um, And so I don't really expect to remember it. And to be honest, I can't even tell you how i remember the event where he pulled a gun on my mother but from all the therapy i have had it is a bit pretty big trauma in my life and so that it it's just one of those things that stuck with me um so I'm not going to go too into detail of what happened over those years that I don't remember. Because as I said, I don't really remember. I can go only go off what my mother told me, you know, she was just very unhappy. But she didn't want to have to get a divorce. She did really love my dad. And I do believe that my dad really loved her. But he had such a huge issue. And he needed help. And he needed to hit the bottom in order to get it. And I do want to say that, you know, I, I think I, I said this earlier on in the episode, he never, ever, ever put his hands on me and my sister. He was never violent towards us. He was never abusive towards us. Um, In that area, he was very protective over me and my sister. And he always loved us to death. Um, So I, I just want to make that cl- crystal clear. But around the time that I was four, they were fighting in the kitchen. They were going back and forth. He had thrown a chair. Um, He had told her that my sister and I were sitting here and I kind of like hid my sister behind me. And he told her that he was gonna fucking blow her brains out and then kill himself. And he pulled out a gun. And my sister and I started crying. And my dad was crying and my mom was crying. And it's all spotty for me. So I don't remember each and everything. But the next thing I know, my mother or somebody must have called the police because the next thing I know is the police are there. We're sitting on the the back patio of our old house. My dad is sitting in a chair. The police are talking to him. He's crying. My mom's best friend pulls in the driveway to pick my mother, my sister and I up. And my dad is losing it. And he's like, Daddy loves you, Daddy. Sorry, I'm so so sorry. I'm gonna get help. I love you, Christy, which is my mom's name. I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. I hope you can forgive me. And you know, like I said, I was always a daddy's girl, I always had a heart for my dad, and I just remember bawling, you know, at seeing my dad cry, but also bawling because I was so damn scared because you know, just 15 minutes prior to that, I thought I was going to watch my mom get murdered and then my dad kill himself. So I was just all twisted up with emotions. And it just it stuck with me. And it, it never ever, ever left me because as I said, when you have somebody like my dad who never got physically or emotionally abusive with you as a child. Only the adults in his life, you can't really put together all the pieces of like, why is he so crazy when it comes to these other people, but he's so good to us. Like, I don't understand it. And so Anyways, we hopped in my mom's friend's car, and we pulled out of the driveway, and my last memory was of my dad covering his face, bawling his eyes out, and just completely heartbroken, and us just basically leaving him in the rear view, and I actually remember there was like a carnival set up in, in the town that we lived in, and they my mom and her friend tried to take my sister and I there to have some fun. And we tried to do a few things. But I just remember even being four years old, I was so upset. And I didn't know what was going to happen with my mom and my dad. I didn't understand divorce. I didn't understand any of it. And you know, I kept wanting to talk to my mom about it. And I remember my mom's friend would like interfere and intervene. And she'd be like, you know, like, Just your mommy needs to decompress. She needs to, you know, just, just think to herself for a minute, baby. Like, I know you're upset too, but right now she really doesn't know what's going to happen. Just know that your mommy and your daddy love you. And we're just trying to allow you all to have some fun right now because you've been through a hard day. Try not to think so hard about it. And that was the first time that I really remember being told to suppress my emotions and just basically put a smile on my face and forget that it ever happened. And so that's what I did. Of course, my mom and my dad, she, you know, and, and he deserved it. She took out a EPO, an emergency protection order out on my father. They ended up divorcing and my mom went like through 6 months where she was a single mom and we had a babysitter a lot because she was working a lot and then she met my stepdad and i was so angry about that um and i always wanted to be with my dad but at the same dad at the same time coincidentally my dad also started dating and coincidentally his new girlfriend's name was heather and it started out great. I always loved being over there with them. You know, um, I always wanted to be with my dad. I loved his new girlfriend. She had a son. So he was like a brother. You know, we get together, we play him, him, my sister and I play like Power Rangers together. And then I remember maybe like, not even six months later, my dad started drifting off into old behavior again. And he started to beat his girlfriend. And I remember walking into the room one time, and her son had like a plastic baseball bat. And because I heard screaming and stuff. And I walked in and there's my dad, my dad. The person that protects me, the person that I love more than anything in this world, there he is, beating the shit out of this woman and I'd run out and it a lot of times it would be when her son wasn't there and I'd grab my sister and I'd hide my sister in a safe space where she couldn't hear anything and I'd try to make her laugh and I'd try to make her feel like it was okay and again, deep down. I am just like bearing more and more trauma within me. And I am scared and I don't understand any of this. And nobody is getting me professional help for any of this. So I have no way to deal with this. And you know, after years of suppressing it, you almost kind of forget that it was even such a big deal. You talk about it like it's almost kind of normal. And It was the first big trauma that really messed me up in my life that I really, really needed professional help for, like I I needed that level of care and I was not getting that level of care because it is very confusing as a child to see this parent that you admire so much get blackout drunk or walking on a, snorting a line of cocaine and then going and beating these people that you love senselessly and then watching these these other people you love then staying and taking up for that person's actions later like oh you know your your dad is a really good person and he loves me you know we're just having a hard time right now like it'll be okay but it's not okay it's not okay physical abuse domestic violence emotional abuse it's a never ever ever okay and nobody deserves it And nobody deserves to go through it and nobody deserves to experience it nobody deserves to see it happening, especially an innocent child. And if you have a child that's going through that, or has went through that, please either get out or get them professional help if you are not getting them professional help, because I promise they will eventually need it, it will come out in other ways as they are getting older. And I want to go ahead and wrap this episode up by saying my dad did end up, um, obviously him and this other girl after a couple of years, they broke up and my dad really never dated seriously again after that and said he did a, a lot of, uh, counseling, anger management. Um, he got treatment for his addiction. And he ended up pulling himself back together and becoming the most amazing, giving human that he was always capable of being. He turned into one of the best people I've ever known in my entire life. And that's why I have such a big Issue with talking about this. That's why I have such a hard time talking about this because I don't want anybody to think less of my father. However, it is a part of my story. And I know if my daddy were still with me, he would not be ashamed of it. He would want me to speak my truth and he would be right here holding my hand, helping me speak it or helping me get help because that's the type of person he was. When he turned his life around he never denied any of these actions and he tried to help other people so it never all of it didn't happen in vain and I do want to make that very very clear to you guys but however great of a person he turned into It was never okay what he put other people through during his time of addiction. It's never okay. And that's why I put those numbers in at the beginning of this episode because it is a very, very dangerous situation. And I am lucky as well as my mother, as well as my sister, as well as my dad's um, ex-girlfriend and her son. uh, We are all very lucky that nothing ever happened to any of us and that we are all here to still tell our stories. Um, And so I hope this kind of lets you in on a little bit. As I said, this happened when I was four and five years old. Um, The event with my mother and father happened when I was four. And the events after with his girlfriend happened when I was five and six. And those are the first big traumas of my life that I can remember. And the first set of trauma that I kind of suppressed. And that is what leads to other things. If you don't get professional help, it is what leads to other things in the future. Um, So, Yes, I know this episode was a deep, but again, I want to reiterate that this series is going to be deep. These are going to be a lot of stories that are very hard to listen to. They're very hard for me to talk about, but I am doing it in hopes of helping anyone out there in similar situations take different routes than what I did. But with all of that being said, you guys, I am going to go ahead and leave this right here peace, love and light to all of you. And if you ever need any of my help, um, my email is always in the show notes below. And then those numbers will also be in the show notes for professional help as well. But for today, I've been your host, Heather Christine, you guys have just listened to the uncensored woman. And I will talk to you all again, for chapter two of this series next week. Bye guys.